0: your Bibles turn to the book of Ezra, we're in the 6th chapter, Ezra chapter 6. Ezra chapter 6, starters and finishers, starters and finishers. Car has a starter. Aren't you glad? You get in, you turn the key, and a little, little, little thing, it's about a shape, a round shape, it's about, I don't know about this long, uh, of course, maybe if you have a little, uh, a little four-cylinder, it might be maybe about that long. A little gear in the end, and when you click the key over, if your car has a key nowadays, or you push the button, and uh, it sends an electrical signal to it, sends a little spindle out with a little gear on it that engages the flywheel. You didn't know you had all that stuff in your car. Uh, but uh, if you did not have a starter, there are other ways to start a vehicle, <clears throat> Uh, just, uh, just, just telling you uh, that long before our vehicles on the farm had starters, uh, they had cranks. Uh, dad's 1948 case tractor. You want to talk about something? It's just, it is a motor with four wheels on it. That's all it is. I mean, that thing, you look at it and you say that that couldn't pull anything. I remember one of the farmers got their four wheel drive, big tire thing, uh, four wheels up front, four wheels in the back, stuck in the mud. And dad went out and looked at it and uh, they were going back and forth, couldn't get it out. My dad said, I'll pull you out. And uh, dad dad went out with the 1948 case, and they just looked at it and they laughed and said that thing isn't, isn't going to do a thing. My dad just said, "Get in your tractor and hold on." <laughs> and uh, dad hooked a, 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 a chain to that thing and pulled that big four-wheel drive thing out of the mud hole, and uh, the guy just just shook his head. It, it is. It's just just one big engine on four wheels. And we, as a hundred hundred pound kid, we had to be a hundred pounds to drive that uh, out in the field. Uh, and we had to be able to start it. And just for fun, about a year ago, I said, "Dad, just just for old time's sake, I'd like to start that thing." My dad goes, "You're too old to start that thing." I couldn't start it. <laughs> it just it's just a lot of work to get that thing to turn it over. Now it was winter time. It was cold. The oil was thick. It didn't it didn't it not it did not want to start. So I can tell you what I am very thankful for starters. Very thankful for starters. <clears throat> but a starter is best served if it is attached to the vehicle. It just makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody starts their car and then goes underneath and then takes the starter off and throws it away and says, you know what, I don't need you anymore. But there are a lot of people in Christianity and churches today, they, they like to get things started, but they don't want to stay attached to the vehicle called church. And so they detach themselves. They they wander away. And I'll just say every once in a while, it's kind of nice to turn the vehicle off and maybe take a bathroom break or vacation, or maybe sleep at night. And in the morning, it's nice to be able to go out and push the button, have the starter attached, and uh, take off again. But if, if you're a detached starter... And you go out in the morning, if you've ever done this, and you turn the key over and you push the button and and nothing happens. And that's that's just a bad feeling. What what happened? And you call Mr. Ryan up. Mr. Ryan can tell you uh, the starter's bad. Then he climbs underneath and he figures out, uh, no, the starter's gone. Uh, What is a starter without a vehicle? It's a paperweight. The, The starter needs the vehicle. And it gets it started but the object is to stay with it. Are, are you with me? So a lot we have lots of ministries, and we need people to start them. But don't abandon the ministry once you get started. Stay, stay with it. Finish well. And that's Ezra chapter six. The people uh, they're 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 building. They've run into opposition. The uh, some some folks in lower levels of government have pulled their permits. They fought to get the permits back reinstated. They searched the records and they found out that the laws of the Medes and Persians could not be altered, could not be changed. Uh, They they found that uh, Cyrus had given decree in the first year of his reign that it should be built. And they they had no legal authority to stop it of these low-lying officials. So we're in chapter 6, verse 1, then uh, Darius the king made a decree, and search was made in the house of the rolls where the treasures were laid up in Babylon. But they didn't find them there. Why is that? Well, verse 2 explains that. We're in the Mede and Persia Empire, and Persia, Babylon, we got the Media Empire, where were they found? They were found in Archmetha in the palace that is in the province of the Medes. So they searched in Babylon. They didn't find it. Well, they said, somebody thought, "Well, you know what? We used to have an office in media uh, in in our, our Let's let's go over there and look." And so they went over there and looked. And sure enough, they found the roll. Verse two, a roll, and therein was a record thus written. In the first year of Cyrus, and it's going to talk about what they talked about in uh, chapter one, verse one. In the first year of Cyrus the king, the same Cyrus the king made a decree concerning the house of God at Jerusalem. Let the house be builded and the place where they offered sacrifice. Let the foundations thereof be strongly laid. And it goes on in the next several verses and talks about the material and, and how it was uh, to, to to come about. Uh, but opposition. Who is the opposer? Who is the enemy? Who is trying to stop the project? Look at verse 6, now therefore, uh, Tatnai, a governor beyond the river. He's not the king. He's a governor. Now we would say a governor is a pretty, uh, maybe a pretty high, high official. Uh, no, not in comparison to the king, uh, king King Cyrus. Uh, not in comparison to Darius. Uh, they're they're nobody. Really, in the scheme of things in the Media Persian Empire. Now, therefore, that night, governor beyond the river, Shethbos, Anai, and your companions, which are beyond the river, be ye far from thence. Verse 7. And you got a message, uh, from the control, from the king, from the palace, from the nerve center of the Media Persian Empire. Are you guys listening? Verse 7. Let the work of this house of God Alone, let alone, let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jude build this house of God in his place. Moreover, I make a decree, what ye shall do to the elders of these Jews for the building of the house of God, that of the king's goods, even of the tribute beyond the river, tax money, forthwith expenses be given unto these men, that they be not hindered. When they first started out, in the previous chapter, they said... <laughs> we got to stop this king. This is a terrible thing. Uh, they're going to get this thing. They're going to get built up. And the, These are a people. They are subversive. They don't pay taxes. They're going to be a drain on the, on the national budget. We need to stop this. Well, and then they searched the records, and what did they find out? Well, uh, Cyrus made a decree, and we don't have any ability to stop it. Cyrus made the decree that they were to build it, and that they were going to fund it. So these guys who started out by saying... Uh, they're a drain on our tax resources. Now have to take up their budgets and give it to them. Uh, that's what uh, verse seven is saying. Let the work of this house of God alone. As a matter of fact, uh, verse eight tribute, pay for the expenses. And they're oh man, we we messed that up. They should have left well enough alone, uh, but but they did not. <clears throat> uh, what what is the lesson? Uh, the 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 necessity to persevere. In the work that God has called you to do. Just to stay at it. <clears throat> stay attached. If you're a starter, you're an idea person, I'm thankful for you. But don't, don't come up with an idea. Get a ministry started and then walk away. Stay stay attached, stay at it, stay busy. Why? Because everybody is needed. The starter is needed and the workers are needed and they're needed as a team. Because from time to time, again, that ministry, that work, the building of this building needs somebody to uh, to hit the key and to get get things moving again. A starter is is necessary. Uh, Every once in a while, I'll get a call from someone and they'll say uh pastor bishop we understand that you have a ministry in uh, the nursing home or in the school system uh can can our family participate in that now, my question is where do you go to church well we don't go to church we 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 kind of do church at home <laughs> you you do you have pastors? Do you have deacons? Are you growing? Do you have outreach? Do you have soul winning? Are you in, in the schools? If you're your church, if you're a biblical church in the biblical sense, then you, you ought to be doing all those things. But what they're saying is we don't, uh, us, us four and no more, they want to stay in their little group, but they like the ministries that the church is involved in and they want their children to learn to serve, but they don't They don't want to be part of the automobile, part of part of the vehicle. Get to get, get church. Stay attached. It's uh, such an important thing. <clears throat> so, uh, verses 1 through 12, God is moving in the hearts of the Persian king to get this back moving again. Th- to get the resources that are necessary, the materials that are necessary. Uh, to, to build. They found that decree, they validated the, validated the claims of the uh, remnant, and they spoke the truth. It's important to speak the truth. Uh, truth is found in Scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul, speaking to the church at Corinth, said, therefore seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth. And what they've done in Ezra is they have manifested the truth. Tatmai, uh, what did he do? They misrepresented the truth. They falsely accused of the workers that we're building, they they alleged that they were doing something subversive and contrary to the laws and to the future of the media Persian Empire. They they were wrong. Not only were they wrong, but they were criminal in what they did, and that was brought to light by what by by the truth. Of the decree. Uh, there is a warning. Uh, look at verse 11. That's kind of interesting. Well, what if we don't want to help them? What, what if we want to keep on being subversive? Well, the media Persia's empire, we told you uh, last week that they knew how to deal with subversive cultures, they were a brutal regime. Sunday morning, we talked about the fact that Haman had convinced the king to exterminate the Jewish people. Now, media Persia Empire—they were fierce warriors, but they had never exterminated a whole a a, a race of people. They, they had never participated in an ethnic cleansing. They had not done that, and uh, what, what what a terrible a thing that is! But they had the they they were brutal. They had the ability to do it, and so verse verse eleven. Let's just read it. And so they made a decree. I have made a decree. That whosoever shall alter this word, let timber be pulled down from his house, and being set up, let him be hanged thereon. Well, wouldn't. A fellows, wouldn't that get the attention of your wife? Uh, you can, she came home and there's a bunch of soldiers out there and they're tearing the wood off the outside of your house and they're building something in the backyard. What are you doing taking the shutters off the house and the doors off and, and the wood off? You're taking the two by fours out of the wall. Stop, what are you doing? We're, we're building a gallows. We're going to hang your husband on it tomorrow because he has opposed the work of that the king, King Cyrus and King Darius have said is going to take place. The media Persian Empire was not somebody you wanted to mess with. It just wasn't. They had that ability. And so they said, you, you're going to do that? This is what's going to happen. All of a sudden, the low-level government officials, uh, Tetna, uh, he thought, you know, you know I, I think God is laying it on my heart to, to, to be a help to this work. Well, what, how did that come about? It came about as a result. Look at verse 12. And the God that hath caused his name to dwell there, destroy all kings and people that shall put to their hand to alter and to destroy this house of God, which is at Jerusalem. I, Darius, have made a decree. Let it be done with speed. Uh, uh, wow. Pretty, pretty incredible. I just say that it, is a, it was important in the Media Persia Empire that you did not... Cross the king. Now, that's important. But I'll also say, in the day and age in which we live, it is important not to cross the king of kings and lord of lords. That was a powerful, verse 11, a powerful verse that talks about what would happen if you crossed the earthly king. But what if you crossed the heavenly king? Revelation chapter 22, verse 18 says, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of this prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God will add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Don't don't cross God's word don't negate God's word don't be subversive or dishonest when it comes to God's word as sunday we're going to, we've been month of january we're talking about stewardship of God's word again jewish people very very meticulous about preserving the old testament scriptures And we ought to be meticulous about preserving the Old Testament and New Testament Scriptures. Do you take God's Word seriously? We should... We absolutely should. We'll be talking about that a little bit more on Sunday morning. If you've been watching the news at all, you saw the video of the Nevada courtroom. Uh, a lady judge uh, up on her bench, high and lifted up, probably, I don't know, probably this height. And she's sitting behind the bench and she's about to sentence a guy. He's over here. Oh, sorry, Tim. On Tim's side, and uh, he's, he's going to be sentenced, and I guess he decided he was not going to be sentenced on this day, this week, by this judge. So, all of a sudden, uh, he ran out from behind the desk, and he ran towards the bench that the judge was sitting behind, and he jumped in the air, Look, like he's sailing through the air. He, he, he missed his calling. He should have been a high jumper on the track team in college, because he cleared the bench, and landed on top of the judge who was trying to get out of the way grabbed her by her hair pulled her down to the ground uh, there are uh, the burly deputy and the court clerk up there uh, that uh, jumped to their uh, jumped to action and tried to pull the guy off and now imagine just for a moment you know imagine uh, you can probably go uh, find a newspaper or a video because that guy's not cheap. he's got to come before that judge for sentencing a sneaking suspicion that that judge is not going to show him leniency for the charge of, for which he is before her but not only that he's going to go before another judge for the charge of assaulting the judge man he he going to jail for how long probably not long enough uh, in my opinion <clears throat> but don't don't mess don't mess with the judge don't, don't mess with the judge. God is the ultimate judge. And, uh, these folks, uh, Tet, Tetnai, uh, the governor is going to learn that. Don't, don't mess. Uh, don't mess. Don't do that. <clears throat> verse, 13. Then Tetnai, uh, governor on the, this side of the river, uh, hit their companions, <laughs> notice the end of verse 13. So they did speedily. A hey, judge. Jo- they jump to action. Now, now they've got sufficient motivations. If we don't help these people, we don't take tech money, give it to them, if we don't help them build, if we get in the way, if rumor gets out that we're in the way, the king has signed a new decree that they're going to take our house apart and build a gallows and hang us on it, we're going to be helpful. They did so speedily. Uh, they sure did. Verse 14, we have Hei and Zechariah, the two prophets. What are they doing? They're preaching and proclaiming and encouraging the people to do what I'm encouraging you to do tonight. And that's, if you're a starter, get things started. Stay with the vehicle. Stay with it. Stay at it. Uh, keep running. Keep motivating. Uh, Haggai and Zachariah would be equivalent of starters. They're, they're going to help get this rejuvenated. Start it again. Get it moving uh, so that it can be finished. <clears throat> prosper. So number one, preserve in God's Word. Uh, number two, prosper In your labor. How does God enable us to prosper? Again, verse 13. People that were your enemy, people that are their enemy, are now their helpers. Luke chapter 4, verse 13, talks about the temptation of Christ. Uh, Brother Paul, Uh, Searles was here on Sunday morning, and uh, he and I have been good friends for a number of years. He's a Coast Guard guy. We were driving by the Coast Guard station this week, and he was in the passenger seat, and uh, Master Chief, and and, and we're driving by him, and I'm looking out of the corner of my eye, watching the road, and all of a sudden he goes... Saluting the gate as we go by. That's a true, uh, true coasty. Uh, Master Chief said, well done, Master Chief. Uh, well done. Well, br- Brother uh, Paul was leaving uh, Saturday. He and I had a soul winning appointment on Saturday morning. We sat down uh, with man and, and uh, talked to him about Christ. And uh, when we got done, Brother Paul said, uh, preacher, I'm going to do something that uh, a Satan will never do to you. And I said, what, what's that? He said, I'm going to leave you alone. I'm going to leave you alone. And he left. <coughs> Well, uh, Satan will leave you alone. He will. Uh, He left Christ alone for a while. There's the temptation of Christ in Luke chapter 4. Satan departed for a season. But don't let your guard down because he's not gone forever. And just because the preacher stepped up in verse 14, the two preachers, Haggai and Zechariah, and they've encouraged the guys to get started again, get moving, get building, and it, just because the governor is helping speedily doesn't mean he's going to help forever. It doesn't mean that his commitment is long term. doesn't mean that all of a sudden he's had a, a change of heart and he's going to embrace Christianity. It just means that he's going to lie low for a season until he has another opportunity to oppose you. He's not on board. He just doesn't want his house tore down and a gallows built. He doesn't want to see himself hanging out to dry at the end of the day. And That's his motivation. That's his motivation altogether. And verse 15, so the work was finished. And that should encourage you. <clears throat> I'm thankful for faithful preachers, for the Haggai and Zacharias. And we've, had, we've been blessed to have some faithful preachers stand behind this desk. Uh, Dwight Smith. Uh, a man who is committed to God's word, Paul Crow, wall to wall, Paul, uh, bouncing off the walls. Uh, I'm convinced that one of these days, when he's up here shaking his hands, uh, that he's going to take off. Uh, he's going to he's going to become airborne. He's just excited about God's word and true uh, to the word of God. I'm thankful uh, for them. Ironside said this about uh, Hagi and Zachariah. H. A. Ironside said the true prophet will bring words from uh, from heaven, the Bible. Two men that will search the heart, reach the conscience, expose evil, encourage repentance, and enable power. A.J. Ironside said that about the two preachers in verse 14. And certainly we should be doing that in our classes, in our homes, encouraging people to get going and get moving and do something for the Lord. And it, what does it cause? It results in the pause of opposition. It exposes the evil of those that are opposing the work of God. It is encouraging uh, repentance. It is doing all of those things. I'm thankful for obedient, obedient, faithful workers. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for you. And so from Ezra chapter 6... My admonition to you tonight from this passage is this: Finish the work. Stay the course. Don't be a starter, and then abandon your cool ride. Stay attached to the vehicle. Remember, a detached starter is not going anywhere. It is going to auto parts. It's going to sit on the counter, and it's going to sit on the shelf down there, and it'll look pretty in the box. But unless it's attached to the vehicle, it is really just a paperweight. Stay attached. Stay working. Ms. Bishop and I were in uh, Michigan just recently. uh, And on January the 8th in Washtenaw County at 3.33 p.m., Hope Bragg, 51, Don Bragg, 53, Kenneth Bragg, 22, Elizabeth Bragg, 19, all from Arkansas were there visiting family they, had, they were born and raised in the Washinaw County area, which if you 're from Michigan Michigan shaped like a man it 's about it 's about right there and they were visiting and there was uh, they figure a gas leak and it exploded and it, if you see it looks like a battlefield i mean the only thing you can see is the hollowed out shell of the Michigan basement the Michigan basement is a basement doesn't have a floor and as so you've got dirt in because a water table is so high uh, that it it just it just always it's just always wet uh, the debris covers a 2 acre area and they lost their life all of them perished just visiting but catastrophic event when you go contrary uh, to the laws of nature in Verse gas in that gas leak and explosive qualities. Uh, when you go against the Media Persian Empire, catastrophic uh, repercussions. But when you go against uh, the Word of God, when it comes to salvation, when it comes to service, when it comes to obedience, you do so to your peril. It's not, it's not recommended. Verse 16 through verse 22, the end of the chapter, the people are, they're, they're excited. Uh, They're going to praise the Lord for his goodness, for his greatness. So they're going to bring uh, sacrifices of bullocks of lambs, sin offerings. Uh, They're just excited. Verse 21, the children of Israel, which were come again out of the captivity, out of captivity, and all such as had separated themselves unto them from the filthiness of the heathen of the land to seek the Lord God of Israel, uh, did eat. And there was rejoicing at the project completed. It's not done. There's still work to be done. There's still more to do. But this aspect of the, of the project was done. So here's questions tonight. Uh, we are out of time. Question number one. Are you in a battle? Question number two. Have you, verse 21, separated from evil and separated yourself unto God? Question number one, are you in a battle? Question number two, have you separated yourself from evil and separated yourself unto God? Bow your heads and close your eyes. So those are the two questions. You're here tonight and say, Pastor, I'm here, but I don't know Jesus Christ as my Savior. Will you pray for me? Slip your hand up, hold it up for a moment, let me pray for you. Question number two: You're you're a Christian. You know Christ as your Savior. Are you in a battle? Have you separated yourself from evil and unto God? Say, preacher, I'm in a battle. Would you pray for me that God would help me to separate myself from evil and unto God? Because I need God to work in, a, in, a, in an amazing way that only God that only God can do. The forces of evil, government, whatever. It's hard hard to say how big it is. But you're in a battle and you need God's help. Father, on my left and on my right, in the front and in the back, upstairs, hands lifted, heads bowed. Some of the the folks that are most precious in the world to me in this room, are in a very battle for their their very existence. The forces of evil and Satan and and world and government and maybe work-related, I don't know. Maybe health-related, I don't know. But you know. You know every heart, you know every need. could be family. Father, I know that if they will separate from evil and separate themselves unto you, that you will help them to see through to victory. And I pray that you would help them That you would meet those needs, that you would still those spirits, that you would calm their hearts, that you would give them a confidence in your word, that you would give them that. Give them the victory, we pray, in 2024. Be able to testify of the goodness of God. And we'll praise you for that victory. In the name of Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of the living God. It is in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. You have a prayer?